Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Good evening, and welcome to Miracle Internet Church. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and God bless each of you. We just want to thank everyone who comes up for being an active participant in the work of God. You know, after you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to get grounded in the things of God. You need a good foundation in the Word of God. You need to begin to develop your relationship with Jesus Christ, with his Father, and with God the Holy Spirit. And this is an excellent ministry to do that. We emphasize those things. We emphasize your relationship to the Lord and his relationship to you. We emphasize the scriptures, the holy scriptures of the Holy Bible from the King James Version. And we emphasize obedience to the word and will of God. Amen? And so tonight we're going to have a little discussion. We're going to have a little discussion. The Lord's going to have a little fireside chat with us, so to speak. And if it's warm where you are, Well, maybe you won't feel so much heat. Amen? Amen. And a special welcome to all of our first-time listeners. We are a Christian Protestant Internet Church, a very loving, receiving, and friendly body of Christ. And we invite you to to join us in Jesus' name. We invite you to join us in our chat room. And our chat room is located on our website. Our website is www.miracleinternetchurch.com, miracleinternetchurch.com. And when the page comes up across the banner, you'll see MIC Radio Chat. Click that link. When the page changes, Click guest and sign in using your name and say hello to all the other saints that are there. And they'll say hello back to you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, Also, during the broadcast, the scriptures are posted in our chat room. And... That seems to be a blessing to many people. Perhaps it will be a blessing to you as well. We want to thank the Lord for his continued blessings, favor, and grace upon this ministry. This ministry centers around the Godhead. And so if you're looking for a church where God is truly the center of the church, you have found one. Amen? So, I want to thank the Lord for each of you once again. I want to thank him for his grace and his mercy. And I want to thank him for a successful fasting season. We've been fasting uh, this past few days. 
I think we're on day 11 now, if I'm not mistaken. I think we're on on day 11. And so uh, there is an issue that I, I'd like to address with the saints uh, just before we enter into prayer. And it's a issue in the natural, but it's a very spiritual issue as well. And it is this. I want to encourage you to invite the Lord into the bill-paying processes of your life. You know, people have a tendency to do this general washover and say, oh, Lord, I, I invite you into my financial life, and then that's pretty much it. You just want him to provide, and that's pretty much it. But I want to challenge you to go further. Amen? I want to challenge you to go further. And, Father, we thank you for providing her with a new charger. Amen? In Jesus' name. I want to encourage you to go further. I I want to challenge you to invite the Lord uh, to give his opinion, his point of view, on every single thing that you do financially. Every single thing that you do. What do I mean by this? Well, I'm going to tell you a little story about myself. Uh, I was out working in the yard, and the shovel that I had uh, was one of those pointed ones. And I bought it many decades ago, and it has served its purpose. And so the point broke off, and I, I needed a new shovel. Well, you say, well, all you have to do is just get up and go to the hardware store and get another one. That's not how I handled that. I mentioned it to the Lord that I indeed needed a new shovel, and I mentioned to him a particular hardware store. I said, well, perhaps we'll just go there and get it, Lord, you know, just go there and get it. And he said, no, go to Lowe's. Well, you say, well, what difference does it make to God which hardware store you go to? Well, evidently it did, because out of all the different hardware stores there are here, He picked the one he wanted me to go to. You see, self-will people do what self wants to do. God-submitted people do what God wants them to do. So as I was driving down the street, I think that was yesterday. Yes, it was yesterday. I uh, was coming close to a Lowe's, so I asked the Lord if this was his time. For me to make that purchase And he said yes So I drove into the parking lot And I went inside And I asked the uh, personnel Where the shovels were They told me the aisle I went down the aisle And I chose the shovel God wanted me to buy Not, I didn't stand there for 10 minutes Trying to decide which shovel was the right one He indicated the shovel I picked up that one And that's the only one I picked up Now, when I walked back out into the garden area, there were plenty of flowers and other things I could have stopped to look at. But I just glanced at them and kept going. Why, you say? Because I was being specific to purpose. 
an assignment. My purpose for going there was to purchase a shovel. It wasn't to purchase flowers or something in another part of the department. It was specifically to pick up a shovel. I had permission from God on a fast to go pick up a shovel at Lowe's, not somewhere else. So I did just that. I didn't purchase but one thing, the shovel, and I left. And as I was leaving, he told me which way he wanted me to turn. I was going to turn left. No, turn right. I turned right. Now, I said all of that to say this. We need to get a little more specific in our obedience and following his instructions. Most of us think it's up to us to decide how to do this, how to do that, when to do this, and when to do that. But as you can see, that's not how I do my daily life. Amen? That's not how I live. I live differently. So when it comes down to how you pay your bills, the methods you use, well, do you put that before the Lord? Do you? Does the Lord have have the freedom in your life to decide if you're going to pay the light bill via the Internet or via check or in person or however else? Do you allow him that freedom in your world? Can the Lord tell you, well, this month I'd like for you to pay this bill this way? Can God do that with you? Or are you so automated in your own little life that when you do things, you do them just by rote and habit? Every single thing you do is rote and habit. God doesn't have the opportunity to say, no, don't do it that way. This time, do it this way. But, Lord, I usually just pay everything on the Internet. And Well, can he tell you to do something different if he wants to? Do you even consult him? Does he have full reign in your life? Is God free to move through your life and change how you do things? Every day, the activities of daily living, does God have the, the room in your life? Does he have freedom and liberty in your life to change the way you do the activities of daily living, if he so chooses? Will you listen to him? Will you open that part of your life up to him? Will you allow him the freedom to rearrange the way you go where you go? Well, you always turn left here, and then you go up two blocks, and you turn right. You always follow the same pattern. Can God get you out of that? Think about it. How much room do you allow the Holy Spirit in your life? Or are you in your own little regimented plan? You always do it this way, you always do it that way, and there's never a deviation. And if something should go wrong to interfere, with your little plan while you're upset. I just thought I'd challenge you to see where you and God are in that area. You should find out. You ought to know. Amen? You ought to know. How much room does God have in your life? Can he change where you buy gasoline? 
can he tell you, I want you to buy gas on Thursdays? Can he do that? Does God have your permission to do that in your life? Can he? Will you receive it? Well, that's between you and the Lord. Amen? Amen. But there's some growth in that area. If you were willing to grow there, you know this is a whosoever will faith. And if you want to grow in that area, you can. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you. That first of all, you're still our God, and we're still here on the planet to serve you. Our first thing to do, Lord, our primary goal is to please you and to obey you and to honor you and to give glory to your name. That's why we're here, Lord. Everything else is subject to that. We're here because you love us. And we want to bring glory to your name while we are yet in our bodies on the earth, Lord. We don't want the time to come for us to leave, and we haven't done that. And we haven't done that. We want to make sure that our lives bring glory and honor to your name, to the Lord Jesus. So, Lord, we're making way for you in our lives that we hadn't thought of before. We've never thought of such a thing. We want to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. We want, Lord, for you to be able to direct us, even for you to change our direction on a dime. We can turn on a dime for you, Lord. We want to thank you. We want to give you praise. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the armor of God. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the God, the Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to follow all of his leading and not to miss a one. Help us, Lord. We need help, Father, help from on high. Sometimes, Lord, we have to be truthful. We are not always willing to do what you want us to do. Sometimes we think we have a better idea. Sometimes we're used to doing it the way we are doing it. Sometimes we're so regimented in our own thoughts and our own patterns of living that we just scream you right out. But right now we want to repent of that, Lord. Every area of our life, should be completely open to you to bring any correction and any change you desire to bring. To redirect us whenever you see fit. We want to thank you, Lord, for growing us up. We want to thank you for working in our lives, moving us from foolishness to wisdom. That means we're going to have to change But, Lord, when we're not willing to change, help us to be willing to be made willing. You know, Lord, I prayed that prayer to you decades ago, 
and you've honored it ever since. When we're not so willing because we think something else, and we've always done it another way, and we're just trusting in the way we've always done it and how we were raised and what we were taught and what we have learned, help us to be willing to be made willing so that you can work with us and help us out of our stubborn places, out of our traditional places that you're saying, okay, that was fine for then, but now you're growing up. You need to come up out of that. You need to come out of that. That was fine for you then, but right now you've grown. You need to come further. So, Lord, all of our it's got to be this way that we have in our lives. This is the way I have always done it. This is the way I do it, and this is the way it is. We surrender it all right now in the name of Jesus. We want to thank you, Lord, for helping us to grow and to become all that you want us to be and to accomplish those things in the earth that you desire for us to accomplish, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord, Jesus. Praise the Lord. We just want to thank you, Lord. We want to thank you. Father, we thank you that you open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is close unto all them that call upon him, upon him in truth. We want to thank you, Lord. We want to thank you for your patience and your long suffering and your mercy with us. For you remember, Lord, that we are but dust. But you have given us your son, Jesus, Father. And you indwell us now. And so now we're more than just us. And you expect more from us, Lord. Help us to live as you would desire for us to live, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. We want to thank you, Father. We thank you for the wall of fire with your glory in the midst that surrounds us. We want to thank you for each piece of the armor. We want to thank you, Lord, for your love pouring through our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We want to thank you for the angels of God, your warring angels, your praising angels your ministering spirit, all of those that you have set around us, Lord, to watch over us and to minister to us by your directions. We want to thank you for that, Lord. We never want to take that for granted. We want to thank you for a holy covenant relationship, Father. We want to thank you for every opportunity that we have to lead someone to you to encourage someone in the things of God. We ask you, Father, to increase our opportunities and to help us to be aware of our opportunities when they arise. Yes, Lord, we need daily opportunities to lead someone to Jesus, 
to tell them about this ministry, to tell them about you. We've received plenty of word from you, Lord. Help us to share it in such a way that persons desire to come to you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you honor, Father. And, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan the strong man and all of his evil angels, evil spirits, all demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous we bind in the name of Jesus Christ. The territory from Satan in Jesus' name, and we give it back to Jesus Christ. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, And we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his power in Jesus' name. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. That's what that is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, watchers, Listeners, peeps, whisperers, familiar demons, all electronic, digital, and technology demons and their attacks. We close the portals in the computers, in the cellular devices, and in every electronic or technological device, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We close and seal all of those portals, Father, in Jesus' holy name. We bind Leviathan spirits in their attacks, all Kundalini spirits in their attacks, all water and marine spirits in their attacks, all sex devils in their attacks, all unclean spirits in their attacks, all passive devils in their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust, drone spirits, all sorcery devils in their attacks, seducing, womanizing, drone, whoredom spirits in their attacks. All the voices of the stranger and the seducers and the charmers in their attacks. In the name of Jesus. We bind the voice of every wizard, every witch, every sorcerer, every shaman. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every warlock. We bind their voices in the name of Jesus Christ. We forbid them to speak to us in any way, to communicate with us in any way, in the name of Jesus Christ. We block their communications with the presence of the Holy One of God. We block their communications with the very presence of the Holy One of God, in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for that, Father. Yerre le le rio sondre bre che si te rebrule le di andar, rucusu. 
Father, we lift up the high days to you. Runga de Rebrecha, la Rediosa, and the Rebrica de Ruca de Rebra, la Rediosa, to Rubrica de Diosota, Shanda, the Bruca, Bababasha, the Rebrisa, the Rediosa, to Rubri, Tirigite, Rugusha, the Rebraca, de Rushan, the Rebri, Silla, la Rioson, the Rebrisha, the Rebroca, Bababacuchete, Sala, la Rioson, the Rebrisa, the Rioscora, Hallelujah, Yarikisa, the Rebrusha, the Rebriciasi. We lift up to you the things that the ungodly ones do on the high days, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we appeal to the righteous judge, and we ask for his adjudication on such in Jesus' holy name. We plead the blood of Jesus over any carnage that we see on the highways. You know dead animals and such in the in Jesus' name. We break the powers worked on those animals in the name of Jesus. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, and all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks. All electromagnetic attacks, all targeted radio frequencies, all pulse weapons and their attacks, all microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequencies and their attacks, the work of every druid, all EMF attacks, attacks from the satellite, and the cellular towers in Jesus' name. All 5G attacks we bind in Jesus' name. All smart technology and particles, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind it in the name of Jesus. We bind all mystic rituals in their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts, Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, Australian, Rokotorobre, indigenous persons, native from native groups, from Asian groups, Scandinavian groups, European groups, from the Americas, from the mixed multitude. We bind all their gods in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all of their gods and goddesses in the name of Jesus Christ. We disable them in the name of Jesus Christ. Everything done in the groves, we bind in Jesus' name. We bind the witchcraft coming, stemming from holiday traditions in the name of Jesus Christ. All the idolatry bound in the name of Jesus. Rike de la broca de 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 
Ancient demonic gods who get renamed with every culture. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We bind the demons of the Babylonian culture in the name of Jesus. We bind all of those demons and gods and goddesses from pagan cultures of the past in Jesus' name. We bind Zeus in Jesus' name. We bind Zeus in the name of Jesus. We bind all more Jelen's attacks and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption. And Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic worldwide in Jesus' name. We bind the witchcraft from under the deep in the name of Jesus, and we return it from whence it came in Jesus' mighty name. Witchcraft done on the other side of the portal in Jesus' name. All witchcraft attacks return to sender now in the name of Jesus Christ. Every witchcraft attack. Every witchcraft attack right now return to sender in Jesus' holy name. We return every attack to the sender, and we bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms or shape-shifting spirits. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air. We return his powers to Jesus Christ. Father, we lift up crisis situations that are happening in the families of the members of Miracle Outreach Ministry. We place those issues in the hands of God, the Holy Spirit, now in Jesus' holy name. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect, all satanic ritual abuse devils, all satanic worship and witchcraft dedications worldwide. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the formation of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, 
uh, spirits are supplanting the gods of the people of the land and the gods of the groves and every spirit that exalts logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge and science against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind our spiritual pride in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, sabotage, spy, hinder, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, assassinate, corrupt, divide, undermine, confound, attack, despise, and reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the culture of lawlessness in the land, in the name of Jesus. And every spirit connected to lawlessness, we bind the strong men. We bind the underlings. And we return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool, the anger of the fool. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind the carnal mind. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, sin, or sin against us, all astral projections, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertain to us. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind in Jesus' holy name. We bind all vampire spirits coming to drain us of energy, all voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order and New Age movement. And the great reset, we bind you all in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the spirits and works of the oppressors and the spirit and the children of disobedience. We bind false religions, numerology, horoscopes, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic practices, lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, and the king of pride. We bind his agents and all of his underlings. We bind his entire kingdom, and we chain it with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We bind all demonic blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, Military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, all combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, lawlessness, and temptation to sin. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Basilek, Molech, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, Mammon. Atlas, Baphomet in 72, and all gods and goddesses, 
all unrighteousness in Jesus' holy name. We chain you with eternal chains under darkness in the name of Jesus. We undo the works of our demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, and return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions, and we return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. Amen. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft and mind control back on their own heads in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief in accord with Calvary, and we ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke and chain and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth in every area of life. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, especially persecuted Christians worldwide, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We place them in your holy hands, Father, and their situations under the feet of Jesus Christ. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will re- revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. We thank you for deliverance, Father. We thank you for deliverance in every area of our life. We take authority, dominion, and power over every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, or transferred to us in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind that devil. We command it to leave now in Jesus' holy name. We pull out every fiery dart, pen, needle, spear, voodoo, all instruments of witchcraft. We ask you to burn, Father, all effigies in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you to forgive us if we have opened a portal or a door to the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. Bring it to our attention, Father, that we might repent that the door might be closed in the name of Jesus. We cut ourselves free from all ungodly silver cords and ley lines, 
and we sever from ourselves all ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic realm. We destroy, we tear down all walls of protections around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, divinators, and such in Jesus' name. We break the power of every love spell, vex, hex, curse, charm, fetish, all psychic thoughts, psychic prayers, witchcraft, voodoo, magic, and sorcery, death spirits, bewitchments, potions, brain frequency meditations, torment, pain, sickness, destruction, psychic warfare, prayer chains, incense of candle burning, incantations, ungodly blessings, root work, crystals, hoodoo, tribal rituals and sin, and all ungodliness sent to us in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask you, Father, to convict those in their hearts that need to be convicted. And we ask you, Father, to bring them to repentance. We ask you to bring these souls out of darkness. And we ask you, Father, to uh, bring them into the kingdom of your dear son, Jesus Christ. We release the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus over the people of this ministry, the saints of this ministry, in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. You know, saints, it's a good day in the kingdom. It's a great day in the kingdom. And I pray that you have been allowing the Lord to work in you that you've been allowing the Lord to work in your life. Amen? Amen. While we're on this fast, God has been working in my life tremendously, and I pray that you have allowed him the opportunity to do the very same in your life. The featured psalm for this evening's worship service is Psalm 3, and our verse for meditation comes from 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3. That's 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. Our featured ebook is Sound Mind, Spiritual Power. Amen. And our guest call-in number is area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. That's area code 319-527-6235. Three five and press one. Amen. Well, tonight the Lord wants to tell us something. He has a message for us. And he's saying to us, I will guide you. I will guide you. You don't have to feel that you're alone and you can't figure out what to do and you don't know what to do. And who do you ask? Well, the Lord's saying he'll guide you. We should trust him. Amen? Almost everyone wants to know what the future holds for them. Almost everyone. Amen? Amen. 
almost everyone to know what does the future hold for me? What's going to happen? Well, you won't know just trying to figure it out in your head. That's not going to work. I think you've tried that before and you've discovered that it's not the best indicator. Trying to figure it out your own self isn't the best way to go necessarily. Amen? Asking some other people that don't know probably isn't the best way either. They don't know any more than you know. And sometimes they know even less. So, you see, there are people, Christians included, that want to know every last thing that's ever going to happen, as if knowing is going to change something, you see. It's going to have them ready for everything. Amen. However, Satan provides foolish and gullible persons with much deceitful information on how to know one's future using horoscopes, ESP, books to interpret dreams, and even worse than that. We won't go into all of Satan's devices. Mm-hmm. Fortune-telling remains a viable business endeavor worldwide. It's a viable business. People make money with the little hand by the side of the road. People make money uh, giving uh, to so-called prophets and prophetesses of God things and situations, and they're going to pay them to find out what's going to happen. Yes, they do. Yes, I said, and worse, yes, they do. Today, fortune-telling by various methods seances, Ouija, and Ouija boards, these are considered elementary now. They've, they've gone into high gear. They're consulting with demons in a way that most of us have never considered. Even those who are high government officials consult with so-called prophets and prophetesses to obtain inside information and to have their stock options, quote, end of quote, blessed. Yes, they do. They take their little transactions and papers to someone who says they're connected to God Almighty for them to pray over them so that they can make money doing whatever it is they're doing. Yes, they do. They do all kinds of things that some of us didn't know about until we were very much Christian. Ignorant parents follow guidance and programs from ungodly and unrighteous counselors to raise their children, only to hear the counselor finally admit that they were wrong. And it was just a theory that they came up with. That's right. There was this person, a man whom I shall not name, as I was growing up, that was giving advice to his parents on how to raise their children. And they, oh, everybody was flocking 
listening to this man tell everybody how to raise their children. Well, guess what happened? Finally, this person got a child of their own. And they tried to use that programming that he had come up with on his child and found out that it didn't work. The kid didn't respond to it. So after that came out in the public, he had to come back and tell everybody that he was wrong. It was just a theory. Here these people have been listening for more than a decade to this person claim to have advice and knowledge and understanding and insight into child rearing only to find out that this person doesn't know what they're talking about at all. Isn't that interesting? Well, it's still working that way today. There's a Pied Piper everywhere. There are instructors and teachers in the educational system teaching things that are simply not the truth. And your children go to school naive, being told to listen to everything the teacher says and pay attention and do everything the teacher says to do. Well, there's some things that you shouldn't do. I remember one occasion where the teacher was telling the children they had these little um, pipe cleaners, and the teacher showed the child how to make a doll out of the pipe cleaner. And the teacher told the child, if I can remember this correctly, that whenever they had a bad dream or some situation that the child considered negative, they were supposed to hold on and to do a certain thing with this pipe cleaner doll, this stick man figure. Well, that went on for a while. And the children's behavior became bizarre. And the family didn't know what to do until finally they called the ministry and Dr. Pat found out through interrogation what the teacher had done. Well, I want to inform you they're a lot further beyond stick dolls right now. They're, they're past the pipe cleaner thing. They've gone into deep stuff. Amen? Their agenda via Satan is to destroy your children and to make them ready for witchcraft. The entire point of the Harry Potter series that the school teacher told the child they had to read that big, big book, and parents stood in line at midnight at a bookstore to make sure their child got a copy. was to teach them how to become a witch, a wizard, or a warlock. That was the point. So you see, there's all kinds of information out there if you just avail yourself to whatever you find. And now that everyone thinks that social media is the only thing to do, there's plenty of sin, plenty of misinformation, plenty of lies, plenty of deception rolling around everywhere. In fact, you can almost breathe and inhale it in. It's just that bad. 
There are those who are on the public broadcasting playing how to manage your mind or your hormones or how to invest your money. There's somebody that's considered somebody's expert, whether they're actually an expert or not, to tell you how to do what they think you you ought to do. Well, saints, do know this, that all that glitters is not gold. Amen? All that glitters is not gold. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 states, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 states, Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Amen? Because of accepting guidance, or prophecy um, from someone who is unauthorized is such a dangerous thing, the Lord has come to make us aware. So beware of accepting guidance from any and every source or prophecy from someone who has not been approved by Almighty God nor has been designated to say anything to you uh, on behalf of the Lord. There are those persons. Your Lord will deal with you personally. He will deal with you personally. Our Heavenly Father in Psalm 32, verse 8, tells you as follows. Psalm 32, And verse 8, I will instruct thee. In other words, he's going to give some instruction. He's going to give some direction. He's going to tell you what to do. I will instruct thee and teach thee. There's going to be some teaching going on. And the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. He's going to guide you with his eye. Since God's the only one who knows your past, present, and future, even your capabilities and needs, we need to listen to God. And whatever counsel, whatever advice, whatever prophecy we receive must come subject to the Holy One of God. You know, in Psalm 1, Psalm 1, let me turn there now. You just brought that to my attention. Psalm 1. He tells us about blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You're not to live in the counsel of the ungodly, and not just ungodly from your point of view, ungodly from God's point of view. 
Because, you know, there are persons that you think are just great and wonderful, and God doesn't think that way. That's not his perspective at all. Amen? Since our Lord is the one who makes our way prosperous, we should choose to do things his way. Instead of using all these artificial pathways to guide our lives. Amen? That's right. There are still people who consider themselves to be Christians who are reading their horoscopes every day. We pray that the Lord bring them out of that sin in Jesus' name. They still refer to themselves by whatever the book said uh, was their zodiac sign. They explain their life in relationship to their zodiac sign. That's sin. If you didn't know it, I want to inform you that is sin, 100% sin. You should repent and disconnect yourself from all such in Jesus' name. Amen. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, this book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do, to do according to all that is written therein. Observe to do. All that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then thou shalt have good success. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. We're going here. Because I want to remind you again of how God leads people. There are people that uh, don't know. They don't know what God does to lead people. They, they have no idea, so they are pulling at straws, so to speak. So we're going to review Genesis chapter 24 for that very purpose. All right. Verse 1, and Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Now, if God blessed Abraham in all things, he can bless you in all things as well. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, And I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure, that means perhaps, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again into the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware that thou that thou bring not my son thither again. In other words, don't take him back there. 
And the Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee. And thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing, if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son, don't take my son back there again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swear to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, Send me good speed this day, and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass, that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels water also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed, that thou hast appointed. That's right. Isaac had a a spouse that God had appointed for him. Adam had a spouse that God had appointed for him. Let it be, let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby I shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. So he's prayed and he's asked God for a set of circumstances. Okay? Now you might not have to ask for a certain set of circumstances. Depends on what your case or your situation or whatever the matter might be. But this is what took place in this particular circumstance. And it came to pass before he had done speaking, before he finished the prayer, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. That was not coincidence. That was the intervention of God. And the damsel was very fair to look upon a virgin, Neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again into the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. That's a lot of water. He had ten camels, and camels need a lot of water. 
And the man wondering at her held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Okay, what he asked the Lord to do, the Lord had done. But you see, he's still cautious. He's still trying this situation to see if this is really the one that the Lord has chosen. You see, he didn't just jump at the first opportunity, as some of us have done in foolishness. No, the opportunity presents itself, and then you hand it to the Lord and say, Lord, is this you? Because it's not always the Lord. Amen? Amen. So now we should remember that. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold, and said, Whose daughter art thou? Okay, here, here's the real test. Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethul, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. And she said moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. All righty, God's moving. And the man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord. He did what? He bowed his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and truth, I being in the way, and the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. God has moved. And the damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. And Rebekah had a brother, and his name was Laban. And Laban ran out unto the man unto the well. And it came to pass, when he saw the earring and bracelets upon his sister's hand, and when he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me, that he came unto the man. And behold, he stood by the camels at the well. He said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without? For I have prepared the house and the room for the camels. Okay, so he goes there and he shares his errand. And what Abraham has told him to promise, you know, what Abraham has has caused him to make a promise, agreement with him about. And so they go through this whole situation, okay? He explains it in detail and in full. And he explains that he, how he came upon Rebecca, we're in verse, uh, verse 42, And I came this day unto the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if now thou thou do prosper my way which I go, behold, I stand by the water well, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin cometh forth to draw water, and I say to her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher to drink. And she say to me, Both drink thou, and I will also draw for thy camel. Same be the woman whom the Lord hath appointed, out for my master's son. Amen? So this is the process in detail. This is the process. 
You don't go to the little lady by the side of the road or some of these other methods that people use to try to determine what ought to happen in their lives or in the lives of their loved ones. You go to the Lord in prayer, and you trust him for the answer. You trust him to open your eyes. You trust the Lord to make the right contacts for you with the right people. You, and you try. You try the situation to see if this be of God. Amen? I can recall once that I was trying to get some work done on my house. And so I, I, went into, I made a contract with this a certain company. And the gentleman that came out to bring the contract was a Christian. And as far as I knew, things were well. Well, when the installers came out, a spirit of witchcraft came with them, and I saw it. And since I had uh, to intervene in the circumstance before uh, anything, any work was ever done, they were sent packing. And I ended up not doing business with that company. And the Lord taught me that you, before you sign contracts of any kind, you must have his permission. You have to have his okay. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to do such and such and sign the contract. No, you're a child of God. You don't know what spirit is actually on the other side of that contract. You just met the salesperson. That was all. Amen? So, now that we've covered that, I want you to remember that because it's important in daily living. It's important in daily living that we not enter into agreements and contracts that are contrary to the spirit of the living God. And when we do, we need to repent immediately. Immediately. Don't just sit there and keep trying to make it better. It's not going to get better. There is no fellowship between the devil and our God. And if you're going to stay in Christ, You can't be in fellowship in that kind of connection. The devil. Amen? It's just the way it is. So, saints, our prayer to the Lord should be this. Psalm 27, verse 11. Psalm 27, verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. And lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Plain, simple, I can understand and learn what to do. Psalm 143, verse 10. Psalm 143, verse 10. Teach me to do thy will, not my own, thy will. For thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. 
Lead me to do the right thing. Lead me to the right places. That's the land of uprightness, the place of right places, right connection, righteousness. Amen? Amen. That's the way it works. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, you can pray all of these scriptures, saints. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in earth as it is in heaven. These are scriptures you should pray, especially, well, I can't necessarily say especially, but that's what's coming to mind right now, in your business and financial affairs. Amen? In your family affairs. You need God to guide you. There are a lot of pitholes and a lot of ditches in life. All of us have had our opportunity to land in the ditch or in the pithole. Pitfall. But we don't have to keep doing it that way. We can change. Amen? We can say, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, Father. From Luke twenty two forty two, nevertheless, this is the situation, Father, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. We can put our will on the back burner of nowhere, and we can concentrate on God's will. Our Lord will not force you to obey him. No, he won't. He's not going to force you to obey him. Remember, this remains a whosoever will faith. This is not a religion. It's a faith and a relationship, a covenant relationship with Almighty God. And he's not going to force you. It's a whosoever will situation. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, whosoever confesses Jesus before men, that means you have to say something, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven, but Whosoever shall deny me before men, him I also him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Whosoever, whosoever does this, then this is what I will do. Amen. Matthew chapter twelve verse fifty. Matthew chapter twelve verse fifty. For whosoever shall do The will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same as my brother and sister and mother. It's a whosoever will faith. You have to choose to be the whosoever who will do what Jesus is saying to do. Amen? It's a choice. It is indeed a choice. Mark chapter 8. 
Mark chapter 8, beginning with verse 34. Mark chapter 8, beginning with verse 34. Jesus was talking to his disciples and some people. And he said, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the gospel, the same shall save it. It's a whosoever situation. You have to determine if you're going to be the whosoever. Pastor can't do that for you. Mark chapter 10, verse 44. Mark chapter 10, verse 44. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest, shall be servant of all. You have to determine if you're willing to be a whosoever. Amen? Amen. That's the way it goes. That's, that's what the challenge that the Lord gives to the believers. Amen? It is on our part. It is on our responsibility. We are accountable on our part, to be teachable. If God's going to lead us, we have to be teachable. It's a must-needs-be kind of thing. We must be teachable. Which means that we must acknowledge that we don't know it all. We don't know it all, no matter how many times we've done this situation and we've done it a certain way, we still don't know it all. And we must acknowledge that it's possible for us not for us to be wrong. It's possible. The possibility is real and factual and it exists. We could be wrong. We must acknowledge these things. We must acknowledge that we are flawed human beings, and not only do we make mistakes, but sometimes we're just wrong. Amen. There are no perfect people on this planet, and if you're on this planet, you're not perfect either. Amen. It means that you are willing to be taught and to learn. You are willing to be taught and to learn. Teachable means that you are actually open to learning. There are people who are not open to learning. God would grow them further, but they're not open to learning. Teachable means that you have decided to receive facts, information, realities, and truth that you may not have considered reasonable in the past. In the past, you wouldn't have done this at all. But now God is presenting this challenge before your face, and he's saying, do it this way. This is the way I want it done this time. In the past, he may have told you, okay, do it that way. But now he's saying to you, it's time to change. Do it this way. 
it may not be something you understand completely at the time. But you have to learn to grow in trusting the Lord and trusting his instruction. Amen. Amen. And that is the truth. There are things and there are times when in the past, You have been in your tradition, in your mold, in your custom, and this is the way you do it, and this is the way it's done. And God says, break out of the mold. We must also be sincere in our search to do the Lord's will. We can't have this half-doing-it attitude. We can't be indifferent. We must be sincere from the heart. An indifferent attitude does not deserve a divine answer. An indifferent attitude does not deserve a divine answer. We must see our search as very important and relevant. We must see our search as very important and relevant. We must become yielded in order to be led by the Spirit of God. We must wish to choose to follow him. You know, a lot of people are claiming to be Christians, and they live their lives following their own minds, their own hearts, and their own emotions, and their own dictates. Well, I don't see how they get away with that, because the Bible says if you're a son of God, you're led by the Spirit of God. It didn't say anything about your emotions. Anything about how you used to do it. It doesn't say anything about your tradition. It says, that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So I suppose if you plan to be led by the Spirit of God, you're not going to be led by your emotions. You're not going to be led necessarily by your tradition. And some traditions are good traditions, but when God is ready to break you out of a mold, that tradition isn't as good as it used to be. Amen? Amen. We must move from a position of stubborn reliance on our own way or our own position and move to the plan that the Lord has mapped out for our life. That's right. God's way do not always make sense to us at the time. God's ways do not always make sense to us at that time. But we should remember that his ways are not our ways. Isaiah chapter 55, beginning with verse 8. Isaiah chapter 55 Beginning with verse 8, the Lord is speaking, and he's speaking to his children. 
He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, when God is wanting to grow us up and to move us further, we're going to have to change our ways and our thoughts. It's, it's as simple as it can be. We must needs be changed as he brings us along. We can't keep one foot in the past and say we're going forward with God. Amen. We've got to surrender that spot in the past and move on with Jesus. There are people who do not speak another tongue because that's not the way they did it when when they were in whatever church they were in. Those people didn't speak in tongues. They read about it in the Bible, but they didn't. And so God's wanting to mature this person and grow them up and move them along, say, come on, there's more to learn. But they have to come to this place where they're willing to be open to something new that they never experienced before. They have to choose to do so. They have to choose to yield. They have to choose to learn. They have to choose to be willing. They've got to let go of what they've been holding on to all this time and open their hands to receive what God has for them. Amen? They can't be putting up all these um, temporary walls and barriers from their past to say, no, 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 that can't come in. They can't be hardening their hearts when the truth of the word is coming forth. They can't be saying, oh, no, that's of the devil. That's of the devil. I can't, I don't want to hear it. It's of the devil. No, they can't have that attitude. Amen? They can't have that attitude. We must desire to do the Father's will from our heart. From our heart. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6, But as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, as the servants of Christ, doing, performing the will of God from the heart. Amen. Amen. We must be welcoming God's kingdom into our heart and his will into our lives for his will to be done in the earth just as it is in heaven. In Psalm 40, verse 8, Psalm 40, verse 8, the psalmist penned these words. I delight to do thy will. It's my joy. It gives me pleasure. Prefer to do thy will. 
Oh, my God. Yes, thy law is where? It's within my heart. Your word, the word of God is in my heart. So I delight to do thy will. I'm not putting up a fight. I want to do your will. You see, there's a change in attitude. There's a change in disposition. There's a change from I don't know if I want to be bothered with that to I delight to do your will. I don't know if that's for me to I delight to do your will. I heard stuff about that to I delight to do your will. Amen? We must not be easily led by the methods of this world. The world has a way of doing things, and God has a way of doing things. And when we are growing up, we learn that everything that we thought was okay, that everybody else does all the time, this is their method of accomplishing this. It may not please the Lord. That method may not be the best for us now that we belong to Jesus Christ. Amen? It may not be. Amen? We must Father's will in each situation. You see, this is a new world and a new life. You can't keep dragging the old stuff into the new life. You remember there's there's a parable about putting new wine in old wineskins. There's a parable in the Bible, and I'm going to allow you to look it up for yourself. It's in the gospel about putting new wine into old wineskins and that it won't work. So we must undergo continual transformation so that we can receive the new wine of God for our lives. Amen? We cannot say, well, Father, Mary said that you told her to do it this way. No, we can't. So what has God told you to do? Just because the lady down the block did it that way, that's what God told her. You all were out there, and she was watering her flowers, and you asked her what she did, and she told you she went to prayer, and the Lord told her to do this. Well, you see, that was for her her soil, her life, her situation. Your house might be different. That may not be what needs to happen in your in your lawn to make your flowers grow. You might have different flowers. Amen. So there's an example of this kind of thing in the Gospel of John, chapter 21. The Gospel of John, chapter 21, beginning with verse 17. Beginning with verse 17. And he Jesus was talking to Simon, and he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved. His name was Simon Peter. 
Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whether thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signifying, but by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. In other words, Peter, when you're older, they're going to kill you. Nonetheless, follow me. Amen. They're going to put you to death, but follow me. Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Well, now, is that any of Peter's business? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that the disciples should not die. See how they took that, twisted it, and made it a lie? It didn't take long, did it? Yet Jesus said not unto him he shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what's that to you? I've given you your instructions, and your instructions are for you to follow me. Amen? Amen. That's the way it works. John Chapter 5 says, Jesus was saying that he didn't see his own will, the will of the Father that sent him. Well, you see, if we're going to make the right choices, if we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, we have to be seeking the will of the Father, not just what we want. And we have been accustomed to doing just what we want. So we have to change from doing just what we want to doing something that we might not really want, the will of God. Sometimes we don't really want what God wants us to do. Amen? So the Lord says in the Word that it's people that are meek that he will guide, meek people, people that are teachable, that are open, that are receptive to learning. It's the meek that he teaches, which way to go, what to choose. And if you're a person given to stubbornness and self-will and uh, 
just downright obstinate and hard-headed. <laughs> you got a little issue there. And so you need to seek the Lord on that matter to help you to overcome in this area. Amen. The Lord says to us, saints, that he truly loves us. However, we have to change if we want to be led and guided and counseled. we got to change. Our prayer to him should say, Father, show me the path where I should go. Point out to me the right road for me to walk. Lord, lead me and teach me because you are the God who gives me salvation. All of my hope is in you alone. Overlook my sins of foolishness, Lord. See me through your eyes of mercy and forgiveness. Yes, through your eyes of everlasting love and kindness. Lord, you are good, and you delight in teaching the ways that are right and best to those who humbly turn to you for guidance and instruction. Amen? That's a worthy prayer. Is there someone who fears the Lord? Then God will teach him how to choose what is best. God will teach that one how to choose what is best. In Psalm 25, beginning with verse 4, Psalm 25, beginning with verse 4, Psalm 25, beginning with verse 4. Amen. Praise the Lord. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy path. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy path. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. All the day. I'm waiting for you to speak. Speak, Lord, your servant listens. See, you have to have a listening ear. Not necessarily the ear on the outside of your head, in your heart. Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps. In order to get from one destination to the other, you have to take steps. And some people just think they ought to fly from one place to the other, but that's not how it works. It's one step at a time, one thing at a time. The steps of a good man are ordered, O-R-D-E-R-E-D, ordered. God orders them, not the person. God orders the steps, not the person. You know, it's so interesting when people come to the ministry and they want to be delivered. 
but then they're going to tell you how to do it. And they want to take over the Holy Spirit's position of directing the deliverance. They want to be in the driver's seat driving and telling you, the deliverance minister, how to do it. Well, my dears, it does not work that way. Either the Holy Spirit is going to be in 100% charge or you're going to get what you get. And some of you have experienced some of that. You step out there, do your thing, get and end up with just what you get. All of this warfare that you had not anticipated. But you see, you're either going to let the Holy Spirit lead your life or you're not. If you're determined to be in the driver's seat, well, he'll let you drive and he'll watch you crash. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Psalm 23. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The shepherd sees to all the needs of the sheep. But you see, in the body of Christ, we have these sheep that think, uh, okay, God, you do that part, and I'm going to do this part over here. God didn't tell them to go do that. That was their bright idea. And God is not responsible for your bright ideas. He maketh me. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. God makes us to get rest and restoration and revival. He maketh me to lie down. He leadeth me beside the still waters. No, you are not leading yourself. He's leading. You're following. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leadeth. He maketh. He restoreth. He's the Lord. He's the shepherd of the sheepfold. Amen? Psalm 48, verse 14. Psalm 48, verse 14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. You see, there's no such thing as, okay, I'm in Christ, and so now I'm going to go out and I'm going to find guidance wherever I find it. Amen? No. If he's your guide, he's your guide all the way through death. Amen? That's the way it works. Psalm 72, beginning at verse 23. Psalm 72, I'm correction, Psalm 73, beginning with verse 23. That's Psalm 73, beginning with verse 23. Nevertheless, 
I am continually with thee, God is saying. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. Remember, we looked up the scripture that says his name was Counselor. He guides with his counsel. Yes, God guides us with his counsel. And afterward, receive me to glory. We're guided by his counsel, not our own bright ideas, not necessarily what the world is doing, not necessarily what the people down the street are doing. Amen? Psalm 78, verse 72. Psalm 78, verse 72. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hand. Amen? Isaiah 48, verse 17. Isaiah 48, verse 17. This is one of those scriptures I learned as I was beginning to move in the realm of the Spirit. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. That's how you determine what you're supposed to do. His leading. His leading. Not necessarily what they're saying on the television. His leading. Amen? God wants to lead his own people and his own flock. And he doesn't need the world to do it for him. We are called to allow ourselves to be led by God's word and by his spirit. In the Gospel of John, chapter 16, beginning with verse 13, the Gospel of John, chapter 16, beginning with verse 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. How be it when he is come, he will guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all truth. But you see, you have to be willing and open to receive all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. Who is going to show you things to come? The newspaper is going to show you things to come. The evening news is going to show you things to come. That's not who says, he says, we'll show it to you. He says he will show you things to come. 
He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Amen. First Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven. First Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So if you plan to get the hot news from heaven, the spirit of God is going to have to let you know. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's right. Psalm 119, verse 105. Psalm 119, verses one, verse 105. Thy word, the scriptures, the Holy Scriptures, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It shows me where I am, where I'm standing. And thy word is a light unto my path to show me where I'm headed. If I keep doing the same things, I'll end up here. If I change, I'll, it'll turn out this way. Amen. Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen. Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine or teaching, for reproof. Yeah, you did that wrong. Do it this way. For correction. For instruction in righteousness. That's why we have scripture. Amen? That's why we have scripture. We need help. Psalm 119, verse 130. Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Well, Lord, I don't understand. His word, the entrance of his word into your heart, turns on the light switch, and the understanding begins to flood in. Saints, we must ask the Lord to help us to understand. If we ask him, he will explain it so that we can understand. Psalm 119, verse 18. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open thou mine eyes. Open my eyes, Lord, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Amen? Proverbs. Chapter 2, Proverbs chapter 2, beginning with verse 3. Yes, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, 
If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom. For who? For the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yes, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant to thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, and understanding shall keep thee. Amen. That's the blessing of the Lord in your life. Amen. There is a reward to those who diligently seek him out. Amen. It's the truth. It's the truth. I would encourage you to go back after we're off the air sometime tomorrow and the day after that as well to reread Proverbs chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. Sometimes our answer comes through the preaching of the word of God. We encourage you to listen to the sermons on MiracleInternetChurch.com. There are more than a decade of sermons in the archives and elsewhere on the website to help you to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord. Saints, we live our lives by the faith of God not merely living or responding to every circumstance according to our own understanding. Yes, God has allowed some professionals in certain fields to offer their best advice, but even their advice must be submitted to the Lord for his judgment. Proverbs Chapter 20, verse 18 says, Every purpose is established by counsel. Well, if you want your purpose established so that prosperity may come, you need to talk to the counselor for his counsel. You see, circumstances are not always an indicator of God's will. Just because things are going a certain way doesn't mean that's what God wants. We can see that every day. Amen? Sometimes you just need to walk in faith. God has given you a promise, and you got to walk it out. That's just the truth. Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Sometimes you just got to walk it out by faith. And it came to pass that as the people pressed him, 
to hear the word of God, speaking of Jesus, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, when he finished teaching, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draw. In other words, let down your nets to catch some fish. Peter was a commercial fisherman, praise the Lord. And Simon answering said unto him, this is Peter in his mind, in his thoughts. Master, we have toiled all the night. We've been out here all night trying to get fish and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net, some doubt. But nonetheless, he was going to try. He was going to make an effort. Good for Peter. Some people wouldn't have bothered. Some people would have gotten mad. Some people would have just walked off. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. They got so many fish that it broke the net. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Amen. So that they, do you see how God treated that situation? God didn't let Simon Peter do without simply because he hadn't caught anything. Simon Peter agreed to let Jesus use his boat to teach. And so the Lord was there also to see to it that Simon Peter's and the other fishermen's needs were met. You've done this and you've done that and you've done this and you've done that that the Lord's told you to do and things still aren't going right. Sometimes you just got to walk it out by faith. Did Simon Peter walk it out perfectly by faith? No, but he he made the effort. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, when he saw what happened, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught or the catch of the fishes which were taken. It blew them away. They were not expecting the miraculous from God Almighty. But obedience will get you someplace with God. Second Corinthians 5, 7, 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. For we walk by faith, not 
by sight. Amen? Amen. So you know the verse that we always turn to when God is guiding us. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, which many of you still do not practice consistently, and some of you do not practice at all. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. You just watched Simon Peter lean to his own understanding. But in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. He gave Simon Peter instruction. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Lord, we've been here all night. We ain't going to catch anything. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And guess what? Peter and many others were blessed. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Brother Bill, it's time to praise the Lord. The Lord, Pastor Sabrina, praise the Lord. We have some wonderful praise reports tonight. Let's get to it. We have a praise report from Jory. The Lord led my daughter to blend the veggies with water and drop or feed him. He's doing much better now. He needs continued resolution with his teeth and vertigo. We praise you, Lord. She thought he was dying. Now, thank Jory put a prayer request in the prayer room, and the Lord answered It's just awesome how he does that all the time. He's always there. Dina has a praise report. Lord, you said in your word in everything to give thanks. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me and my keys safe because I left them outside on the back of my car. My house keys were attached to the keys. I didn't realize that they were missing until 12.25 p.m. and only prayed in the spirit a few moments and brought and you brought the location back to my memory. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Lord. We just praise you for that, Lord Jesus. That's awesome when you do stuff like that. Stacy has a praise report. I'm actually so grateful that my workplace was threatening to fire us if we did not take that awful shot. I did not know if I would have a job for two months. Before this threat I had been I had fallen away from this blessed church. Yes, it had been too easy. When this threat arose, I ran back to Miracle Internet Church because God was the only answer, and God is the only answer. That is why I am so grateful to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. And she also says, Dr. Sabrina, I'm so grateful that you told us how to stop anger from arising in you before you confronted that demon in your relative. I had to use that today. My life was not in danger, but my mental stability was in danger. I pled the blood of Jesus over me, and my mother's implanted demons tried to start an argument with me. I am so grateful to know how to calm that anger. Plead the blood of Jesus over me. I'm so grateful. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. She's learning. She's learning how to fight. 
praise you, Lord. Grace has a praise report. Praise the Lord for his protection. We had a little fender bender on our way back from Virginia, and no one was injured. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord, for that. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Dina has a praise report. I recasted the guiding voice to God and received additional deliverance from the occultic massage therapist. I also got deliverance from an acupuncture I had done as as well while in ignorance. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. In case there's praise, I had a terrible difficulty getting into our website, prayer and chat rooms for a while over the past weekend when my family was going through intense warfare. It was harder to connect in the prayer room when I needed to most. I haven't been able to install Firefox on my phone. I've practically been in tears, missing our church family so much this morning. Even without Firefox, it was easier to get through. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And OP says, he helped me with everything. Praise the Lord. With men, it is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Praise you, Lord. And NK says, praise on Saturday. I was in a European market, and I asked a worker for help. I saw her name was Nadja, and I became excited because a few days prior, the Holy Spirit put that name on my heart when I asked. She told me, that Nadja means hope. That is a beautiful moment because I was able to reference Jesus, the hope of the world, and bless her. I was reminded that God does love me. He sees me and speaks to me. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. AK has a praise report. After waking up with cold symptoms this morning and coming and coming to my mom for help, she asked me if I had taken zinc lozenges, she told me, to have before going to my sport yesterday. I said no, uncovering the lie. I told her about taking it. I repented and took, and she told me to. Now, after obeying, I feel much better. Almost all the symptoms left. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. It's like I never had symptoms. And KK has a praise report for years. I was taking prescription drugs, pharmaceuticals, psychotropics. It was giving me strange sensations in my brain. Last night while reading Isaiah 40 out loud, 8 through 31, to myself and NK, I had all types of new sensations in my brain, an area that I never felt, and they were really off limits and accessible to me then. But now, as I read the word, Jesus is working in my brain as I read his word. That's the key right there. He renews your mind when you read the word. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. M.M. has a praise report. I thank the Lord for his word last week through pastor about anointing oneself during attacks or trials. Every time a sudden thought about people with <clears throat> that I have taught me, I started binding the words of the demon speaking in my ears and mind. I started really pressing 
in about four months ago, I continually started binding them from me. And now I have started anointing my head instantly free. Glory to God. As I continue to get deliverance and hold on to it, he continues to teach me to fight. Yes, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Learning how to fight. And D47 as a praise report. Today I live to see another birthday. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. And DCA DCH has a praise report. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity yesterday as I went to three stores, such as a grocery store, etc. I and I evangelized to several employees in the stores. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. These are wonderful praise reports. There's Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, Lord Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. And now back to you, Pastor Sabrina. These are awesome praise reports. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Well, Lord, we just want to thank you for all these praise reports. They're absolutely marvelous, wonderful, wonderful praise reports. Amen. We want to thank you, Father, for your goodness. There's some more praise reports out there. Everybody didn't put their praise report in. But... um, Today is Wednesday, and we know by Friday you will have put those praise reports into the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room so we can we can read them, we can hear them, and know the wonderful things that God is doing in everybody's life. Amen? In everyone's life. That's the good thing. We love to share the truth of what God has done. Amen? We love to share his truth. Praise the Lord. So we're going to go We're going to go to our adjudication. And there's some people that are having some problems. And the Lord wants you to write me at gproom at outlook.com. He wants you to write me at gproom at outlook.com. Please use paragraphs so that I can I can clearly read what you're saying. If you just start writing and typing and you don't ever use paragraphs, it starts to run together. So I'm going to thank the Lord for you obeying him, and I will be praying about whatever it is. <clears throat> That you write to me about Amen There's some people that have some issues And the Lord wants you to write me Amen There's some of you that are hesitant to write me No there are not 20 people that read my emails I'm the only one who does They're very confidential and very private It doesn't matter how simple or how complex the matter If you have an issue you wish to share or a question you wish to ask, then write me at gproom at outlook.com. There have been persons, because I didn't answer them the very moment they sent me the email, thought I wouldn't answer, but that's just simply not the truth of the matter. I do answer you. I prayerfully listen to what you have read. I consider it. I take it before the Lord, and it may take a little while before... I get back with you, but yes, I will answer you. And many have discovered that that is the truth. Amen? Amen. So tonight, 
The Lord wants us to do some praying. Amen? And this is what we're going to pray about. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the Attorney General of Texas is demanding documents from the manufacturers of puberty-blocking drugs as part of an investigation probing whether they have engaged in practices that violate state law. Last week, the officer of Texas, Attorney General Ken Paxton, released a statement announcing that it had issued civil investigative demands to AbbVie Inc. and Indo Pharmaceuticals Inc. The demands are part of an investigation to determine whether these manufacturers of puberty-blocking drugs deceptively advertised and promoted hormone blockers for unapproved uses without disclosing the potential risk to children and their parents. Companies should never promote or supply puberty blockers for uses that are not intended or approved, Paxson said. I will not allow Big Pharma to misleadingly promote these drugs that may pose high risk of serious physical and psychological damage to Texas children who cannot yet fathom or consent to the potential long-term effects of such use. The Attorney General's office contends that the medications at itch issue, Supremlin LA and Lupron Depot have approval from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to treat children with central precocious puberty, a condition in which puberty comes early for a child. While Lupron has been prescribed for palliative treatment of prostate cancer, neither drug has been approved as a treatment for gender dysphoria by the FDA. Stephen Robinson, the chief of the Consumer Protection Division at the Attorney General's office, wrote the letters to both of those pharmaceutical companies. The division believes that you are in possession, custody, or control of documentary, documentary material relevant to the subject matter of an investigation of actual or possible violations of the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act relating to the advertising, marketing, promotion, sale, and distribution of prescription hormone blockers for off-label usage, his letter read. Both companies have until April 14th to provide the state with the documentary material requested. Robinson's letters stress that any person who attempts to avoid, evade, or prevent compliance in whole or in part with this directive by removing, concealing, withholding, destroying, mutilating, altering, or by any other means falsifying any documentary material may be guilty of a misdemeanor and conviction is punishable by a fine of not more than $5,000 or by confinement in the county jail for not more than one year or both. The documentary material requested by the drug manufacturers includes documents sufficient to identify all hormone blocker products that you sell, market, or distribute, or have sold or distributed from January 1, 2019 to the present. 
The state also seeks all documents related to the marketing and promotion of hormone blockers in Texas, including all branded and unbranded marketing materials, advertising, and educational materials that contain information regarding the usage of hormone blockers and or off-label uses of hormone blockers. Additionally, the state is asking the drug manufacturers to provide all evidence of any investigations and lawsuits filed against them because of representations made by you about the safety or effectiveness of your hormone blocker products or hormone blockers generally for the treatment of gender dysphoria. Other documents sought as part of the demands include correspondences with healthcare providers in Texas regarding the drugs, marketing and sales plans, and training materials for their employees. The letters also ask for the production of all peer-reviewed articles that in any way relate to any of your hormone blocker products and all documents concerning misuse, adverse events, side effects, and or injury from your hormone blocker product. The demand letters are at the late are the latest action taken by the Texas Attorney General's office and the state government expressing disapproval of puberty blocking drugs and promoting gender transitions for minors. Paxton first indicated his intention to investigate these two pharmaceutical companies. Abby Abby and Endo Pharmaceuticals. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning a group of pro-life activists have dishuman fetal remains in a freezer at the University of Washington. Now, if I'm not mistaken, we prayed about this in general once before, but more information has come forth, and so We're presenting this to the righteous judge. Amen? Leading to calls for institutions involved in such research on babies to face accountability. On March 9th, leaders of of pro-life groups, including the progressive anti-abortion uprising, survivors of the abortion holocaust, pro-life San Francisco, and Rehumanize International, obtain access to what the organizations describe as the largest and most active fetal organ bank in the nation located at the University of Washington in Seattle in a statement. The groups obtained a photograph of a walk-in freezer, and it was big, at the University of Washington in Seattle. And the freezer at the university's birth defects research laboratory that contains aborted babies' body parts. The American people must be made aware of the mass dehumanization of these unborn children who are violently killed and thrown into a freezer whose body parts are then portioned out to researchers in pursuit of federal funding said the founder and executive director of Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising. It is my hope that this photograph reminds us all that there are real victims being lethally oppressed by University of Washington and traded like property. Fetal traffic is abhorrent and it must end. 
They know that they are engaged in practices that are likely leading to a failure to uphold the Born Alive Infant Protection Act and that they are not in compliance with federal law as it relates to their records, she said in an interview with the Christian Post. The activist added that she was one of four pro-life leaders to address the Board of Regents at University of Washington, where they demanded transparency and that the university comply with federal law. We would like to see full transparency from the university to find out exactly what they're engaged in, force them to comply with the law, and then ultimately to be held accountable for their crimes. The regents during these public comment sessions do not comment or react to the statements being made, she added. While the members of the University of Washington Board of Regents did not react verbally as to the pro-life activists confronting them during a public comment session, she said they did not seem surprised, and several of them seemed interested, concerned, just based on their demeanor and the looks on their faces. We've had our eye on Seattle for a while, knowing that it is an abortion stronghold, she continued. We know that University of Washington has failed to give records as they relate to their fetal tissue research program. We know that the university is the largest fetal tissue bank in the country. She is not the only pro-life activist seeking information about uh, University of Washington's fetal tissue research. Documents made available as a result of public records requests from the group Indiana Right to Life gave her and the other pro-life leaders all the information they needed to find the freezer full of fetal tissue organs and other body parts. One document, an invoice of fetal brains addressed to the University of Indiana, listed the location of the University of Washington Birth Defects Research Laboratory. She said, and other pro-life activists were able to easily access the freezer and did not encounter security in the building. It didn't take too long to locate the freezer. We saw it. At first, we were trying to look inside and shine a light because there was a small window to look through, but we soon realized that there was a light switch on the outside, and when we flipped it on, we could see everything you see in the photograph. Well, in the photograph, the freezer uh, looks like the first time I saw a freezer of that size, I was working in McDonald's. It was a, a very large freezer. Uh, you had to um, be careful when you went in it because you could get locked in it accidentally. And that's where they kept all the frozen food. So it wasn't like the walk-in closet in your house. It was more like a two-car garage almost. Well, at least a one-and-a-half-car garage. And it was full of frozen food. So that's the first time I saw as a human being, a large walk-in freezer like that, and that's what the picture had in it. Similarly, David of the Center for Medical Progress, a pro-life group that gained notoriety for releasing undercover videos of Planned Parenthood officials discussing their profiting off the sale of aborted baby body parts, sued 
University of Washington as he sought to release information about its purchase of fetal body parts. In November 2016, a federal judge issued an order preventing him from naming University of Washington officials involved in fetal tissue research. A panel on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals reversed that decision. In addition to pro-life activists, University of Washington's research involving aborted baby parts has also caught the attention of Congress. A 2016 report complied by a select investigate compiled, excuse me, by a select investigative panel on the US House of Representatives Energy and Commerce Committee revealed that the university had received fetal tissue from over a dozen clinics in the preceding five years and charged recipients of the tissues a flat fee of $200 regardless of the nature of the tissue research. The panel's independent research found that University of Washington deploys doctors to outside abortion clinics and that the numerous physicians on the staffs of those clinics hold faculty positions at University of Washington. Noted. Additionally, uh, the University of Washington Birth Defects Research Laboratory received $600,000 in taxpayer funding from the National Institutes of Health in 2015. The University of Washington is not the only public university that has dabbled in fetal tissue research and established relationships with abortion clinics. The 2016 report details relationships between other public universities and nearby abortion clinics, including the University of New Mexico, the University of Minnesota, Colorado State University, the University of California at San Francisco, Washington University, University of Wisconsin, and the University of Michigan. Last month, the White Coat Waste Project which describes itself as a taxpayer watchdog group representing more than 2 million liberty lovers and animal lovers who all agree. Taxpayer dollars shouldn't be forced to pay for over $20 billion every year for wasteful and cruel experiments on dogs, cats, monkeys, and other animals, released a report outlining the use of taxpayer dollars to fund research using aborted babies' body parts. The investigation determined that the National Institute of Health was spending $27 million on fetal tissue research. The White Coat Waste Project report identified the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease as the NIH agency that had received the largest share of the taxpayer dollars allocated to fetal tissue research. Funding was then dispersed to public universities, including the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, which used the money to create humanized mice. Humanized mice from aborted fetal tissue. You heard that right. (sighs) Last year, the pro-life group Students for Life of America held a rally outside the NIH headquarters in Bethesda, Maryland, to demand the firing 
of head Dr. Anthony Fauci. Ah, you've heard of him. Over his agency's role in bankrolling similar research at the University of Pittsburgh. In undercover video footage published by the Center for Medical Progress, Planned Parenthood officials discuss how they supply the university with the fetal tissue that they use to conduct their research. (sighs) While Bukovinac selected those dates to go to Seattle because we knew the regents were meeting, confronting the University of Washington Board of Regents constituted just one part of her trip. We decided that we wanted to come to Seattle to host a training event there, which we did, she said. There was also a Rise Up for Abortion Rights protest there on that Tuesday, and so we wanted to counter that, which we did. It was definitely one of the most violent pro-abortion events we've done. Everyone in our group was assaulted during that protest. Everyone in our group was assaulted during that protest. In the days following their trip to Seattle, she and the other pro-life activists traveled to Zuckerberg General Hospital in San Francisco, which also engages in fetal tissue research. We called out to the staff explaining exactly why we were there, our demand that it stop immediately their unethical fetal organ harvesting practices. Then a hospital administrator, along with the San Francisco Sheriff's Office, then arrested us, held us for about an hour, probably 45 minutes, and then cited and released us. Bukovinac, who describes herself as a liberal atheist, said, although we expected people to descend upon our social media, calling us liars, the March 23rd social media post showing a picture of the University of Washington freezer resulted in absolute silence, adding, we're being completely ignored by the left. They're ignoring this entirely. It doesn't seem to be something that they actually want to confront or acknowledge at all. So there you have the latest on that. We're placing that and asking the righteous judge for an adjudication concerning it. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning U.S. President Joe Biden has called for Russian President Vladimir Putin to be disposed. He made a direct appeal to the Russian people during a speech in Warsaw where he had met for talks with high-ranking Ukrainian officials on Saturday. Quote, For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power, end of quote. Biden declared at the end of an emotionally overwrought speech in the Polish capital's royal council. While he has previously denounced Putin as a, quote, war criminal, end of quote, and a dictator, excuse me, and lobbed at him all manner of other geopolitical insults, this was the first recorded demand that the pres- that the president be removed from office. Biden also spoke directly to the Russian people, insisting that despite weeks of punishing sanctions and forcing hundreds of American and European-based companies to pull out of the forcing hmm, 
hundreds of American and European-based companies to pull out of the country. Let me say it again. He said it, insisting that despite weeks of punishing sanctions and forcing hundreds of American and European-based companies to pull out of the country, you, the Russian people, are not our enemy. He then attempted to liken Ukrainians fighting Russian aggression to the Soviet Union defending itself from Nazi Germany in World War II. A comparison which ignores how the modern Ukrainian state regards Nazi collaborators of that era, such as Stepan Bandera as national heroes. Biden spoke more sternly to Russian leaders, warning them not to even think about moving on one single inch of NATO territory due to the, quote, end of quote, sacred obligation the alliance has under Article 5, its mutual defense treaty. Moscow has never indicated that it has any sacred obligation. Quote, American forces are in Europe, not in Europe, end of quote. The president began correcting himself, quote, to engage in conflict with Russian forces, end of quote. Biden warned 100,000 American troops were waiting to defend Washington's European allies. Mm. The president warned NATO and its allies that The posturing against Russia would not be easy. There will be costs, but it's a price that we have to pay, end of quote, before waxing poetic about the flame of liberty, chasing off the darkness that drives, I can't read that word. All right, you all can can see it, you read it. Not one to miss an opportunity, Biden cited Europe's dependence on Russian oil, and gas as motivation to move toward green energy, please. Fuel prices in Europe, to a lesser extent, the U.S., have soared in the wake of sanctions placed on Russian oil and gas. So that is what is before us tonight. Amen? So, Brother Marshall, if you are ready, sir, we will go before the Lord about the things that are happening and trust him to work out his plans in the earth in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can hear me, yes? I can hear you, yes. Okay, okay, wonderful. Praise the Lord. I know the Lord can hear me because he hears everybody. He hears what's in our hearts. And Father, we thank you that Jesus is interceding for each of us. We thank you for that blood sprinkling that's speaking better things than that of Abel's. We come boldly before your throne of grace, Father. We ask for your help. You said, whosoever will, whosoever shall take the cup of salvation shall be saved. You said, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Will be saved, healed, delivered, preserved, and made whole. We ask you to save, heal, deliver, preserve, and make whole all those in harm's way. The children, Father God, not just in Ukraine, not just in the United States, every nation, Father God, all the people in harm's way from these people that are not manifesting the very nature of the, of the Creator God who created the human beings in His image. 
So, Father God, we ask for your divine intervention in adjudication, Father God, in every one of these situations in Jesus' name because of the bloody covenant. And we know, Father, that we can only come before your presence because of what Jesus did. He's the Holy One and the just. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus, that you hung on that tree, the just for the unjust, just like it says in Peter, was that uh, 1 Peter 3, 8. And that's how we come, only because of what Jesus has done, because of that outpouring of his life to redeem us back from the from the, the pit, Father. We thank you for that. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Yes, Jesus, you went down into that. You died physically. You did never die spiritually because God is the Spirit, and you're the Word of God, the eternal Word of God. And just like it says, I think it's in Matthew 2, around verse 6, you know, when they when they said... They were referring back to uh, the Old Testament that, that Jesus is I just need to turn there because I don't have it memorized right this second. So Matthew 2, 6. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the children of Judah. For out of thee shall come uh, a governor, a ruler, a governor that shall rule my people Israel, and that word their rule also means feed. Something very simple about communion. Very simple. To you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. The Son of Right and healing in your wings. To you that fear my name. So we thank you, Lord, as you have a holy, holy fear of you, Lord. And that refers back to Micah. Is that Micah? Yes. Micah five two. They don't quote the whole thing. There in Matthew 2, 6, Father, because when Sabrina, I thank you for anointing Pastor Sabrina. This past Sunday was absolutely wonderful, awesome, Father God. I know she gave her heart, and, and, and the Holy Ghost just used her profoundly, and I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for teaching us all and growing us all up. I think it was one of the saints, Sarah Dolores, who said, this is strong meat. This is, it is, it's, it was extremely, extremely strong, extremely healthy, wonderful food for the body of Christ because we don't live by physical food. And we thank you, Father God. You said, if my people are called by my name, if my people are called by my name, shall humble themselves. We cast our cares on you, Lord. Even though I had to do it last night in the middle of the night, a few thoughts started to come in my head when I woke up, and I was binding every thought. And I always said, just get up and have communion. I got up, I had a quick communion. Went back to sleep and had a wonderful sleep. Best sleep I've had in a long time. So we thank you, Lord. As we continue to cast our cares on you, we humble ourselves under your mighty right hand. And we said we humble ourselves with fasting, just like King David did in Psalm 35, 13, I think it is. I humbled my soul with fasting. So, Father God, as we're doing what you've asked us to do, to humble ourselves to the degree that you want, and you're teaching us all, Lord. And you, we know Jesus, he's, he's been around forever. But some of the people, some of the saints, just like me, I'm still learning. And every day I'm learning something new. So Micah 5, 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though there be little among the thousands of Judah, out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler, the king of kings, the ruler in Israel, who is going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Jesus has the power of everlasting life. He had power to lay down his life, Empowered to take it up again. He's not just, you know, a nice little Jewish carpenter boy. No, no, no. He's not just a, even the prophet 
he is the prophet, but he's, he's not just that. He's not just a, an anointed Jewish person that he was, and he actually still is, but he loves every human being because everything was spoken into being by him, visible and invisible. So, Jesus, you have all power in heaven and earth, and some people who bow down and worship Lucifer, and they think he's the, the light bearer, and they're so mistaken. I mean, that may be his name, but it's a dark light. And some people, they go into those Masonic halls and those other places seeking light. They're, Lord, deliver them from every one of those occultic, luring, seductive spirits. We, Satan, we bind you and every one of your underlings. We cancel your son. But all those that bow the knees to worship Satan in Eastern Star, the Masonic Lodge, or any other, even, even churches that look like Christian churches on the outside, where the pastor is also a Mason, but he pretends to be a Christian. Those that are involved with that look like real Christians, but maybe they're doing yoga at home, or they're going to the little other meetings with other kind of groups that have other agendas. Father God, we ask for your divine intervention and adjudication, Father God, from all those very those people high high levels, Father God. Put ask you to deliver all the children, Father God, from those who pretend to be kind of Christians. Maybe they even think they are, Father. But they do nasty, nasty, nasty things to the children, Father God, in your sight, that is. And all things are naked and open to the eyes with whom we have to do. Every single human being. All those things are open to your eyes, Lord Jesus. In your eyes, you see into my innermost being. You see each one of us by your spirit. Is that where that is, Lord? Holy Ghost is giving a little prompting to look in Matthew 9. Matthew 9. Where was it, Lord? Oh, Jesus showing... Uh, Jesus knowing their thoughts. He doesn't just see what people are saying. Jesus knowing their thoughts in Matthew 9, 4. Wherefore, think ye evil in your hearts. He knows why people are thinking evil, because he can see what's in their hearts. And all of us are in process of cleaning our hearts up. So, Father God, be patient with us, and we thank you that your mercies are new every day to the merciful that will show thyself merciful. We all need your mercy. I certainly do because no one's righteous apart from the blood of the Lamb. We plead that blood over each one of us and all those we've been interceding for, all the descendants of every believer, all the family members of every believer, including the children, Father God. The children of those young women, some of them young anyway, maybe many of them, that are going along with having abortions. I had a family member who seriously considered it. She had all her friends say, oh, yeah, yeah, you just got knocked up. You need to go get an abortion, get rid of the hunk of tissue. But then she heard the movie, The Silent Scream. And she goes, oh, wait a minute. This is a feeling. This isn't just a hunk of tissue. Like people trim their toenails or something. It doesn't seem to hurt. This is a human being. So, Father God, we ask for your divine intervention, adjudication. We know you've given Jesus all power in heaven and earth because he cannot lie. And because he's God the Word. And he cannot lie. And he also only speaks what you told him to speak. And Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus coming and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Help us to do so the way you went under the unction of your spirit, Lord, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, 
Isn't that interesting? It doesn't say names. It says name singular. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Jesus, you are Emmanuel. Jesus, name above all names, blessed Redeemer, living word, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living word, Emmanuel, God with us. His name is called Emmanuel. You are God with us. That's your name. And your bride is called by your name. She's called by thy name, the Lord our righteousness. We can't be righteous apart from you, Jesus. But in you we live and move and have our being. I know it seems so simple. But you said, He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. In John 6:56, and it says in 1 John 3, 5, there's no sin in you. When we repent of our sins, then we don't want to keep doing the things we used to do that were like carrying grudges, biting our nails in fear. And Father, I do repent because it says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I repent for entertaining any generational spirit of fear of lack. Forgive me, Lord, and those I can stand in for in Jesus' name. Lord, just show me that today. And I, I thank you for all your divine help and intervention so many times. I had a lovely saint pray with me. I had to go to jury duty. Gee, that was yesterday. And the Lord, we prayed that in agreement that the Lord, if he wanted me to be there, that was fine. And if he didn't, that was fine. I got to do it and not do it. <laughs> it's amazing. I got to go and show up and give a track to the guy going in and talk to some, some people later on at a store on the way home. But they said, oh, you're dismissed. You didn't have to come in. But I didn't know. I called in, but I thought I was supposed to be there. So I thank you, Father, for your divine help. You know how to put us where we're supposed to be. We just need to humble ourselves and listen to you, Lord. So thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for providing all of our need in the natural and in the spiritual. We thank you for restoring our souls. I think I think it was an in-case testimony about having her brain working better or whatever. So I thank you. Are you able to restore my soul too, all of our souls? Some people think they can't get by without coffee. Well, some people learn, hey, you know what? You don't really need that. We just need the Holy Ghost. It's not the human might of human power. It's just by your Spirit, Lord. And we thank you for your Holy Ghost being with us. We thank you for that anointing, the same anointing that you anointed, Lord Jesus, that quickens our mortal bodies. So, Father, we ask for that anointing to be poured forth. You said, in the last days, I'll pour forth of my Spirit upon all flesh including all the descendants of every believer. And we thank you for doing so. And we know, I think it was Donald Trump's great aunt in the Scottish Hebrides about 70 years ago, they kept praying this prayer together. Two people on earth agreeing to touch anything that it shall be done. Of my father which is in heaven, there was a tremendous revival that broke out in the islands there and it spread around the world. You said in Isaiah 44, 3, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. Not just for Pat Holiday's offspring. Not Sabrina Sessions' grandmother's offspring. All the offspring of every believer. All the children, the grandchildren, even to a thousand generations of them that love you and keep your covenant, Lord. We thank you for that promise in Deuteronomy. 
We thank you for your promise. You're faithful to a thousand generations of those that genuinely love you, Lord, but we love you because you first loved us. We thank you for drawing us with your loving kindness. Even while we're sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood. God, who created heaven and earth, poured out the holy, holy, sinless blood of the Lamb of God to make us free from the spirits of death, hell, and destruction. And we do bind every one of those spirits of death, hell, and destruction. We cancel the assignments to all God's children because God doesn't want one of them to perish because that's what the Word says so we can pray confidently according to Matthew, not only Matthew 18, 19, which we do in agreement because the Lord says if two of you on earth agree such anything you ask, it shall be done. And my Father is in heaven, Matthew 18, 19. And Jesus also says in Matthew 18, 18, verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven because Jesus says in Matthew 18, 24, two or three are gathered together in my name because of the bloody covenant. There am I in the midst of the, hey, he's right here. Because we can't do it without him. But together with God, nothing shall be impossible. In Matthew 18, 14, Jesus speaking red letters, even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven. The one of these little ones should perish. So, Father, we ask that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Father, in Jesus' name. As we forgive everyone from our heart that you ask us to forgive, Father. And I know you had to work on me for a long time. Forty years I thought I was carrying a grudge against someone. And I even for 20 years I thought I was a Christian. I didn't know that was a no-no. It made me have problems. It didn't affect the other person. But, Father, we pray according to your, into your word. Where is that, Lord? According to your word, in Luke 11.2, you say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May your name be truly revered, Father God, because it's the name that you gave Jesus, the name above all nations, baptized in the name singular of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Amen. Give us day by day our daily food, whatever food we need. And, of course, the basic food we really need is the word of God. And for, because Jesus also said, He that cometh to me shall not hunger, he that believeth in me shall not thirst. But that's a promise over in John chapter 6, around verse 30, something, 35 or something. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone. We also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. So we can make heaven. Isn't that a good thing? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. As we repented, renounced all sins, Father. God, we thank you for delivering us from all evil. And we thank you, Father. Very simple prayer. Somebody wrote a little teeny book called The Prayer of Jabez.